Welcome back to The Alchemy of Artistry, an accidental memoir. My name is David Tate's The Nine Fingers, and today we are going to get into a song called Venus on the Rocks. It's off of an album called Half of What We Say is Meaningless by Winston and the Telescreen. Uh, it's a very, really fun song. I love hearing the, the clavichord in there. Let's just get right into it. Step through my doorway I'll show you a new way To spend all your Tuesdays Hey, hey, pretty, pretty mama You make me feel lovely Like fine wine or bubbly You make me feel heady Like
So Venus on the Rocks is going to be the catalyst for about the next 15 years of songwriting material, including all of the second Winston and the Telescreen album, Love Amongst Lepers, and most of the songs on Pack Thy Secrets Deep, uh, which is released under David Tates and his lovely friends. And many of those songs uh, were then reimagined for loop by Nine Fingers. So there's some subject matter that's only starting to be introduced now that's going to end up coming up uh, for a while over and over again. Uh, And that's because this song is the introduction of someone who will become my future ex-wife. And that relationship and all of its misadventures will dominate my songwriting output for a while. I think hearing that many people might construe this to mean that JC was the love of my life or something like that, which would be completely incorrect. And you'll understand just how incorrect as these episodes continue. The love we had for each other, although intense for some moments in time, was thoroughly broken throughout and was founded on both vanity and perceived necessity and eventually severed in in traumatic fashion. When you hear me later lamenting loss in future songs, it's not the loss of that specific relationship, uh, which I lament uh, and and was poisoned throughout, but rather the destruction of our little family unit of four, because all of the time I had together with both of my kids was, they were these bright, shiny moments of brilliance. And, And my daughters and I had a solid and wonderful home, even if their mother was rarely a participant in it. Um, but we'll have songs, we'll have some songs that, uh, that explain all of that much further later on. For now, let's just start at the beginning of all of that, the very beginning, which is this song. The, the social media website MySpace was a thing back in 2004. In fact, it was kind of the only thing. Friendster was dying. Um, many of you probably never even heard of Friendster before, but it was kind of the original Facebook. Uh, but Friendster was dying. Facebook was, I think it existed already, but it was only available on, on college campuses for that specific campus. Twitter and Instagram didn't exist. It was all MySpace. And, and MySpace wasn't just used as a way to connect with your friends, but also as a way to meet new people you had interest in because it kind of was right after AOL Instant Messenger, which is a, a way that people used to meet new people out there. Uh, and so there were certain people whose picture you'd, you'd see popping up all over the place, usually beautiful people who would do random photo shoots and things like that uh, and get lots of, I don't even know if likes were a thing, but they'd be, they'd be peppered throughout the site. So you'd run into some of the same people a lot. And JC was one of those people. Uh, I'd see her picture on these flyers for vintage clothing sites, uh, for promotions for Electroclash dance clubs, and I was always transfixed whenever I came across a picture of her and and found myself becoming infatuated with this person without ever having met them yet. I had been thinking about shooting a music video for one of our songs, and she was my absolute first choice to play the lead on, on a music video over literally anyone I could think of in the universe. Uh, that's how infatuated I was off of these pictures. And uh, because on MySpace, you could reach out to absolutely anyone. I contacted her to see if she'd have interest in being in a music video. She invited me to come speak to her about it directly at this fashion show event that she was modeling for in Los Angeles. So I drove down there from Riverside to meet her, um, but she forgot to put my name on the list. 
as she had said she was going to. And, and this was back when I was renting a walk-in closet from one of my friends. So I was broke, broke. And so my exceptionally broke ass uh, was barely able to afford the gas to get down to Los Angeles. And I did not have any money left to pay the $10 entry fee. Literally, there was not $10 available in my bank account. Uh, so I called her from outside the venue uh, to let her know that I couldn't get in. Um, but she was kind of partying up inside loud volume. It was in the middle of the show. Um, and it was just impossible to communicate over the phone. It was just a lot of, of noise, even though we tried. And, and I would guess that she probably also wasn't very excited to meet up with a strange dude who uh, could not afford $10 to get into the venue, um, either as a business associate or as a possible hookup. Um, so I'm, I'm sure she wasn't too excited about that anyways. Uh, and that, so that was a, that was a really shitty night for me. I ended up leaving Los Angeles without talking to her. Um, but I was persistent back then. And I still had faith that whatever I worked towards would somehow work out. And I suppose sometimes you should be wary about that. Um, because uh, what you're working towards might not always be what you end up actually want in life. But those are lessons we will learn about later. Uh, we did end up meeting later, a few weeks later, on what ended up being a, a drunken picnic at a graveyard. Uh, and that's its own story, but I have a feeling I'll go deeper into that when we get into the song Bull and Scorpion on a future episode. So I'll, I'll leave that out for now. Um, and this song isn't really about the first date anyways, but really about the time shortly after that first date when we were first starting to, to get together on a regular basis. So let's get uh, right into those lyrics, which is about basically starting, starting to date this person. Hey, lovely mama, come step through my doorway. I'll show you a new way to spend all your Tuesdays. Hey, hey, pretty, pretty mama, you make me feel lovely. Like fine wine or bubbly, you make me feel heady. This section of the song is about those first drunken days together. We were very young, uh, about 21, and a lot of our time was, uh, a lot of our time together spent out in the world was, was essentially rather tipsy out there. And Tuesday was the day of the week that she was free because on Tuesdays, her one-year-old daughter at the time uh, would spend the day with her bio dad's mom. And so on Tuesdays, we we're free to, to kind of get together and do whatever we wanted. Hey, lovely mama, remember that Sunday when we spent the whole day just wasting away by the shore side, yes, our lives were really quite lovely. It's nice to feel lovely, like fine wine or bubbly. During one of those few times in which she'd have a weekend free, oh, we'd drive down to, uh, it's called A Thousand Stairs Beach in Laguna, and stop at the top at the 7-Eleven, and we'd buy giant big gulps from 7-Eleven, uh, which we would then pour out and fill with wine, champagne, uh, whatever, whatever you were feeling in the moment, and then climb down to the shore where we'd, uh, we'd walk a little bit south and you climb up and over this rock wall there. And that gets you to a, a second secret beach against the cliff face. And, uh, you know, we'd essentially have some drinks, lay around on the sand, make out, run into the ocean, whatever you were feeling, 
just some of those magical lazy days, um, but the kind of days that you really only have when you're when you're younger. What do you mean, Mama? You're not coming over. Our friendship is over. Well, where did it go to? No, no, pretty, pretty Mama. I didn't understand, dear. You didn't want a man, dear. Well, I feel so silly. Oh, no. Everything changes in the second verse because as things start to go really well, she kind of freaks out a little bit. I'm not sure if this is common for a lot of relationships or if it's just something that I've happened to experience a few times, a few too many times. Uh, But sometimes in the first month or two, if they go really well and everyone's starting to feel good and you start to imagine a future, uh, sometimes somebody has a kind of anxiety meltdown because their romantic relationship functioning instead of being dysfunctional freaks them out a little bit because it's not something they're accustomed to. And this becomes one of the consequences of sticking around in a in a shitty relationship because dysfunction becomes normalized and familiar. And later when you become involved in a functioning and good relationship that isn't terrible, the happiness you experience, the lack of issues you run into feels so abnormal to you that you you distrust it. You distrust that and you run away from it. And personally, I've been on both sides of that, and it sucks either way. And that's why I'm a big fan of normalizing ending your relationships when they don't function. Because when they finally do wreck all of the way, and two single people are strewn back out into the dating pool, they make a lot of terrible decisions because they're unconsciously looking for the comfort of that which they are familiar with. Now, I don't actually remember this first separation discussed in this song. It likely didn't last very long. We were kind of off and on for a while in the beginning. Now, this chorus uh, is probably my first instance of using my lower register in my voice. Um, And that's something that I'd come to take to, I'd become more comfortable with that and take it to an even different lower level later in the Nine Fingers album, Loop. But this is kind of the first time that I actually use uh, that low voice, which is really kind of more my natural register. Hey, cloudy Tuesday, where did all your charm go? You should have let me know that blue skies can tell lies. Hey, hey, silver lining, where are you hiding? Because I've looked all over and I cannot find you. I quite like these lines a lot, uh, like the blue skies can tell lies, silver line and where are you hiding? They're both kind of clever and whimsical in a nice way. Uh, and, and they show that I do have some promises a lyricist even back then. I, I should note that I did not actually come up with the title for the song, Venus on the Rocks. Uh, I posted the lyrics on MySpace and asked everyone what they thought I should call it, kind of a crowdsourcing thing, and Gabriela Martinez suggested Venus on the Rocks. And for me, it still holds up as one of my favorite song titles, Venus representing infatuation and on the rocks uh, simultaneous, simultaneously representing a relationship that's run into trouble. Um, the actual rocks that we climbed over to play on that secret beach. And of course, the the drinking referenced on the rocks um, and the drinking is referenced throughout. So really just a, a fantastic song title for this song. Well done, Gabby. I should probably come to you for all of my song titles because that one is perfect. And I'm certain that I would not have thought of that on my own. So thank you for that. 
Before we get into playing the song again, I do also have one memory I'd like to share uh, of this song in particular, and that is actually of playing it with the band and a busload of senior citizen tourists who formed a massive tango line and tore up the dance floor as as we performed. We were playing a at a bar outside of UC Riverside. The name of the venue escapes me right now, um, but this was back in the day when even indie bands would play these massive two-hour sets uh, of original music. And at some point in the set, uh, these tourist buses pulled up to the bar and a bunch of old people spilled out uh, into the parking lot and into the bar. I, I would assume a group coming back from either one of the casinos or maybe they're coming from Palm Springs. Uh, but these, these seniors... They were all, they came into the bar, they were listening. When we got into Venus on the Rocks, they just, their faces lit up. Uh, I'm assuming because maybe they were vibing with the waltz feel of it. And, and they jumped up and they started dancing. Like, I, I, I don't know, I'd say a few dozen people. I'd say like 40 or 50 people. Um, and, and pretty soon their separate waltzes devolved into this uh, conga line, this this massive conga line of old people, uh, which honestly makes no sense for this song, but was still just kind of incredible. And, uh, and we were so enthralled by this that we extended the song into like this 10 minute rendition. Uh, and at which points, uh, different ones of us would jump down, you know, jump down with the tambourine with some drumsticks or whatever, and join join the conga line <laughs> and then jump back up and continue the song. Um, and it was just a, it's a, it's just a funny memory that I have and you can't really plan for moments like that. It's just one of those wonderful random moments that occurs when you're out there playing music as often as possible. A- anyways, let's get right back into the song once more. And this time you'll have the backstory and uh, and you can picture all of that. Or if you'd prefer, you can picture some old people dancing and having the time of their lives. Hey, lovely mama, come step through my doorway. I'll show you a new way to spend all your Tuesdays. Hey, hey, pretty, pretty mama, you make me feel lovely like fine wine or bubbly. Make me feel heady like
coming over Our friendship is over Well, where did it go to? No, no, pretty, pretty mama I didn't understand, dear You didn't want to mend it Well, I feel so silly Oh, no Venus on the Rocks by Winston and the Telescreen off of their album Half of What We Say is Meaningless. I just really love all of the choices made there by everyone. That was Trevor Monks on drums and just great choices there in the rhythm. Paul Akers on clavichord and synth. Uh, that's like that. That's what I always think of when I when I think of that song is those amazing parts. James Brecker on bass. Baseline just like so underrated. So many different things going on. I just I just love all the choices made. So well done, band. Uh, that was recorded in Riverside, probably somewhere around 2004, 2005, uh, at Greatest Misses Studios by Victor Alfaro, mix and mastered by him. And uh, as always, our intro and outro music by the great Lou Beauty out of Bakersfield, California. And we will be back soon uh, with another entry in the alchemy of artistry. And I hope to see you there. Have a wonderful night, morning, afternoon, wherever you're at in life. Uh, Be well.